How to Create a Glitch Monologues, Season 1, Chapter 4. With this podcast, I'd like to talk a little bit about the nature of thought and how thought plays a role in entangling us in the uniformity of the system, and also how one can use thought to ultimately shape the substance of being and create glitches in the matrix. Now, I developed these ideas some time ago when I was writing the book How to Create a Glitch in the Matrix, but I ultimately left out these ideas for a very simple reason. They were left out because they it was very difficult to express in a clear way the ideas that I'd like to express with this podcast. Visually, for the purposes of reading comprehension. Suffice it to say, the idea is that I'm going to be expressing with this podcast are slightly different and more narrowly tailored to understanding the nature of thought itself. But they play a role in how one understands reality and can assist one in creating glitches in everyday things. So, first of all, thought can essentially be of one of three forms. It can be suppositional in which case. And what I mean by that is it's a thought which asserts something about a fact or an object in general, thoughts which are suppositional or assertive in the context, which I mean, it must rely upon a certain kind of projected faith of the thinker. So, for example, there's two ways to look at a simple phrase that projects action into the future. It can be contingent, or it can be suppositional. If it's contingent, there's a possibility it will happen. It's qualified. If it's suppositional, then there's an assertion to it. There's a reliance, ultimately, upon the fact expressed in the suppositional statement. So, I'd like to describe these suppositional statements as statements of faith, and I'm not talking about religious faith. I'm talking about faith in an outcome or in a factual event which, really, one can only know tangentially or through intuition. So, for example, if we look at the statement, I will go to the store. There are two ways that that statement can be understood. It can be understood in a contingent way or a conditional way or it can be understood in a suppositional way. If it's understood in a suppositional way as an assertion, an assertion based on faith that is confidence in an outcome without any reasonable justification for that confidence, then it becomes a grounded statement. If it relies upon supposition or assertion or faith in the outcome ultimately transpiring. Now, a conditional statement can be understood by appending a conditional phrase to the beginning of the statement. So, if it doesn't rain today, I will go to the store. That type of statement is not grounded in a direct sense. It's grounded indirectly. And it's grounded based upon some externality ultimately happening now. That type of statement does not rely upon faith, or an intuitive statement of fact does not rely upon assertion or supposition. It relies upon some contingency in the environment. Now from this, I can ultimately say that there are two kinds of statements which are forward-looking. There are statements which are directly grounded by faith or intuition or assertion or supposition. And there are contingent statements or conditional statements which are indirectly grounded and they're indirectly grounded because they find their ground in a circumstance or a fact which is outside the control of the individual and essentially are outward looking. Now, the distinction between these two types of thoughts is important. And the reason it's important is because a conditional statement, one that relies upon some externality, follows the grain of external to internal thought processes. So, In other words, in the ordinary course of a person's life, 
they tend to exist in a state where they are reacting to external circumstances outside their mind and outside their body. And as they react to external circumstances or facts outside their body, they create an outward, inward direction of causality. And what this basically means is they are rendered contingent or conditional by their way of thinking, which ultimately acts on a perspective or perception of some external event. Now there's another form of thinking which relies upon directly grounded statements, which is suppositional or assertive or relies upon faith or intuition as to a state of facts or an event occurring in the external world. And those statements, those types of thoughts don't necessarily produce an external internal direction of causation. They don't limit the self to a reactive existence contingent upon the environment and events occurring in the environment. Now these two types of statements, these two types of thoughts are important, and they're important for the reason that ultimately glitching involves the altering of the normal external internal direction of causation. And I talk a little bit about causation in the final volume of How to Create a Glitch in the Matrix. The book The Complete Series in the Architecture of Reality in In the Last Podcast of the Glitch Series. And the reason why this is important is because in that series, I talk about how there's another direction to causality and the direction I'm talking about. Causality begins internally and ventures externally. So, it starts in the esoteric plate or in the symbolic plate or in the archetypal plate or in the emotional plate. And it alters the outcome of the spatial plates or alters the outcome of behavior in the physical world, from the internal bleeding to the external. And the example I gave in that volume was of a teacher telling an allegorical story about an esoteric object. And through that story, drawing all of the students into the classroom so that they may learn their lessons. And so, they may experience a confluence of a variety of other external factors into the direction of leading to the comprehension of that allegory. Now, this distinction between these two types of thoughts is also important for another reason which is that assertive thoughts or suppositional thoughts or thoughts which rely upon faith are directly grounded. And what that means is if we understand that the substance of being is in flux and is for lack of a better word probabilistic then. We can say that grounded statements or statements grounded in a way that allows subjectivity to precede external objectivity, then the subjectivity of the individual actor is anchored in the substance of being and when subjectivity is anchored in the substance of being because we are essentially living in an anthropic environment. That is to say our subjectivity is a precondition for the continued observation of our minds of the external world. We can say that, existing in the state of direct ground or existing in a reality where direct ground is an animating principle has the effect of altering the outcome of events so that that anthropic understanding of causality is maintained, and events ultimately will transpire in such a way as to preserve the subjectivity of the individual actor. Now, to put that in another way. Imagine that being is this vast fluctuation or this vast field of expectations for a person who is directly grounded by their subjectivity. They will find that objectivity and even chance occurrences within the context of their environment will be somewhat directed or altered to fulfill the continued observation of that anthropic subjectivity. So, and I'd like to phrase this another way. Essentially, what I'm saying is the assertive or suppositional thought, the thought based upon faith in an external circumstance with no rational foundation or conditional foundation, shapes being around itself. 
and one of the theological concepts, which I think some of the listeners may be aware of, which this would draw their thoughts to would be. The idea of the logos and the logos is essentially the idea that the substance of being will shape itself around the continued existence of a subjective observer. And this is the very idea I'm trying to express by this thought process. Now, the assertive or suppositional thought is important for another reason, which is that because it reverses the direction of causality because it permits a causality which begins internally and extends externally, it is prone to the creation of what are called retro-causal or retro-temporal events. And these are events that result from the reordering of the causal chain as between an individual actor and his environment. So, it's not uncommon when one exists in a state grounded by suppositional reasoning or suppositional thoughts to observe events or to experience thoughts outside one's direct experience in the moment and perhaps stemming from a future event, internally. And the reason for this is that separating the mind from an external internal direction of causation does not have the effect of altering the content of one's internal experience, but it does have the effect of decoupling it from the external stimuli which should have induced it. So, if one conceives of the possibility of acting or thinking along the lines of a direct ground approach to action, then one will find that retro-causal or retro-temporal thoughts seem to occur internally at a greater frequency than they would ordinarily. So, if one wishes to create this type of a glitch, a retro-causal thought or retro-temporal thought, the best way to do that is to utilize direct ground statements or suppositional actions within the context of one's direct experience. So, this whole discussion of direct ground, directly grounded supposition or assertive statements versus conditional statements in the direction of causation. Ultimately, of course, is obviously a very difficult idea or set of ideas to express in the context of a discussion or a visual representation. It plays an essential role in ultimately using the mind for the purposes of creating a glitch.